Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Is he more than enough? How many of you got your Bibles? How many of you know what we're talking about? You should know at least the chapter we're on by now. Don't you think? <laughs> Praise God. Let's go to Mark's Gospel. The Well, let's go to the 8th chapter. Then we'll get back to the 4th chapter. Let's start in the 8th chapter first. Some people want to know why they don't get their prayers answered. Some people want to know why the Word's not working mightily within them. Well, you've got to know and understand how the principles of the kingdom of God work inside the heart of the believer. You've got to know the operation of it in order for it to work for you. That's simple enough, isn't that right? You've got to know how the kingdom of God works and how the Word of God works in your heart if it's going to do any good in your life. We've been reading over here in uh, the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, talking about the sower and the seed. In Matthew 13, 23, we're talking about the good heart. Don't turn there. I'll quote it to you. We're talking about the good heart. The good heart is the heart in Matthew 13, 23 that understands the Word or the operation of the Word in the heart of the believer. In Mark 4, 20, it says that the good heart receives the Word. And if you have not been with us for these teachings, I would advise you to get the tapes because we're just moving on with God. Hallelujah. And we're just going to keep right on going through. Amen? And over there in Luke's Gospel, the 8th chapter, verse 15, you should, understand, you should know these three scriptures in your heart by now. 8.15, it says, He keeps the Word, keeps the Word in His heart, and brings forth fruit with patience. So the three things, you've got to understand the Word, you've got to receive the Word, you've got to keep the Word with patience in order to produce fruit in the kingdom of God. We said that you've got to understand it Understanding comes through the ears, through the hearing, and through the eyes, through the seeing. In Mark 8, let's go over here to Mark 8. If you recall the story, Jesus was just got done feeding the 4,000. Go on down to verse 13, 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Now notice that Jesus just got done feeding the multitudes with a little bit of, a, little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. He, he fed the multitudes. In verse 14, the disciples forgotten to take bread when they got into the boat. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. Well, they got into the boat with one loaf of bread. Jesus just got done feeding the multitudes. Thousands of people with just a little bit of bread. Verse 15, And He charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned, and they reasoned. Underline that word, reasoned. Reasoning is the voice of your mind, right? Reasoning is the voice of your mind. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. Reasoning is the voice of your mind, and feeling is the voice of your body. You get them three lined up, and you'll get to move along, along in the kingdom. And they reason among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. They allowed their minds to deceive them. They, they, they always took the physical thing. They always took the natural standpoint of what Jesus was saying. But Jesus said, My words are spirit, and they are life. Right? Let's go on. And when Jesus knew it, He said unto them, Why reason you? Why did, you know, with little kids, you've got to come to Jesus. You've got to come to God the Father with faith as a little child. The child doesn't go and reason the things out in his mind. He just says, if you said it, Daddy, I'll do it. If you said to jump off that steps or porch or whatever, and, I'll, and you'll catch me, I'll jump. I tell my little BJ just to jump off the steps or I'll catch you. He doesn't, just, he doesn't care anything about it. He just, boom, just goes. And I catch him. Why? Faith of a child. He doesn't reason it out. If I miss him, he might drop and fall down and get hurt. He doesn't stop to think. But we, when we get to grow up a little bit, we get our own minds in the way. We begin to reason out the things of God. Why reason you because you have no bread? Now listen to the next word. Perceive ye not? Perception is of the Spirit. 
of the human spirit. Perceive you not, listen, neither understand. Have you yet, your heart yet hardened? Because they could not perceive in their spirits, because they could not understand in their spirits, he said, you're going to get your heart hardened seeing all the things that I've been doing here. What's it? Look at the next verse. Having eyes see ye not, same principles of the parable. Having ears hear ye not, and do you not remember? And I, I guarantee you, he didn't say it too politely either. He just got done feeding 4,000 4, men plus their wives and children on a little few pieces of bread and fish. And then they go off and say, well, we've only got one loaf of bread. What are we going to do now? We forgot to bring. He's mad at us because we forgot to bring bread. Jesus said, don't you perceive yet? Don't you understand? Don't, is your heart yet hardened or what? In other words, I've shown you. I, he already expounded the, the parable of how the kingdom works in their heart. He already told them about fear and doubt and unbelief, how it won't work in the life of the believer. He kept telling them. He expounded all the truth about it. We all saw over there in Mark 4. Some around 32. But yet they could not understand. They could not perceive. They could not get it inside their hearts. And he says, your hearts are getting hardened. Let's go on here. Don't you remember what? When I break the five loaves among the five thousands, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took he up? And they said unto him, said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you don't understand? You know, we come to God time and time again, time and he meets your need. And before you know it, as soon as you're confronted with another circumstance of life, you go, oh, what am I going to do now? Now what are we going to do? He just got done feeding the 5,000. He just got done feeding the 4,000. He just got done throwing up their baskets, all kind of baskets of fragments that was left over. And they said, well, we've only got one loaf of bread. Didn't they remember? Couldn't they realize that he's just as capable of producing, making that one loaf last forever if he wanted to? Because they could not understand these things in their heart. And that's the same thing with the church world today. That's why Paul said, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Every time we're confronted with a sickness or a disease, people just get all excited and all upset about, now what are we going to do? Like as though some strange thing happened. Peter said, don't get all concerned as though some strange thing happened to you. Know that the same things that are coming against you are coming against your brothers and sisters. Just use the Word of God. And remember that Jesus is the healer. It doesn't matter what the disease is, does it? Do you remember when you had that flu and he took it away from you? Go back and remember. Don't harden your heart. It's the same one that can make you rise up and be healed from any other disease or sickness. Amen? But they could not perceive. They could not understand. They did not receive into their hearts. And consequently, he didn't like it too much. Now go back to Mark 4. That's why we are taking the time to go step by step to show you the operation of the kingdom of God within your heart so that you can hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. And then one day, glory be to God, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You're going to rise up in this thing and you're not going to let none of them things come against you. You're going to grow to a place above all the circumstances of this life. Amen? But we've got to hear. We've got to hear. We've got to hear with spiritual ears. Let's go over here to the 26th verse. This is where we're talking about the actual operation of the kingdom in your heart. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. The seed is the word. The ground is your heart. And should sleep and rise night and day. That shows you and that shows me that it does not happen overnight. Sleep and rise night and day. Night and day. Day and night. And the seed should spring, up, spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Now look at verse 28. Underline, for the earth bringeth forth. Underline that. Earth bringeth forth. The earth is the spirit. That spirit will bring forth of itself or of herself. 
First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. We'll stop right there. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. The earth or the spirit brings forth the fruit of itself. Now we're talking about the process of cleaning up your heart, cultivating the land of your heart, getting out the garbage and get, raking out the leaves and the stones and the sticks and the thorns and digging them all out, getting all the garbage out of your heart, and then putting the good seed of God's Word into your heart. And the process of cleaning it out and, and putting the, planting the seed in is the same process. Now we talked about the ears, we talked about the eyes. We've talked about the heart, and now we've got to talk about the planter itself, the tongue. The tongue is the member of the body that is designed to control the entire body. We found that true to, be, to be true in James, the third chapter. But we've got to understand that if we're going to allow the Word to enter into our hearts, and if we're going to clean out our hearts, it's going to have to be with this tongue. That's where confession, and when I say this, I want you to grab hold of it right. Sometimes we get into the understanding of faith and we just take off with it, and we just start saying some things that are not true. It's already been tagged positive confession. Are you into that positive confession? Well, when I say confession of God's Word, I don't mean positive confession. I mean confession of God's Word. To confess God's Word about your situation. God's Word is truth. God's Word is ultimate truth. When I confess, the word confess means to say the same thing. Just so happens that God's Word's positive. Did you get that? It just so happens that the Word of God is positive. You are more than a conqueror. You are healed by His stripes. You are delivered. Who hath delivered us out of darkness translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. We are already... That's positive, isn't it? As He is, so are we in this world. That's positive. I am a new creation created in Christ Jesus under good works. That's positive. It just so happens that the Word of God is positive, but it's not positive confession. Just because you say, well, I'm just going to confess positive from the rest of my life, and that means that's it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about confessing the Word of God from your heart. We're going to see how to clear up your spiritual heart. We're going to see how to get the Word to replace it. Go back with me to... Uh, well, let, let, let's go, just first of all, just to confirm what I'm saying. Let's go to Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 1. And then we'll get back into the very operation of it. And when I say this, listen to me. This is where you are going to have to trust in the Lord with all your heart... And lean not unto your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own head. I'll put it in my own language. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Your trust in Him comes from your heart. You cannot know God with your mind. You cannot know God with your feelings. Someone say, Well, we felt the presence of God. No, you didn't. You sensed it in your spirit. And that's why you felt it with your body. We know God with our spirits, not with our minds, not with our feeling. So the Word of God declares to us that if we're going to trust Him, we've got to trust Him with all our hearts. Why does He say that? Because your mind is not going to grab a hold of this right away. Why do you think He said ever learning, ever learning, ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth? Because you're trying to understand it with your head and it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work by operating it through your heads. So what he's saying is you've got to trust from your heart that this word is true, probably without seeing it. And you know why Jesus says you've got to believe without seeing? Because I'll tell you what, you're not going to see it unless you believe it. You won't see it unless you believe it. And unless you get it down deep into your heart, you won't even believe it. And for sure you'll never see it. Why do you think the atheist will never get saved? I want to see it first, then I believe. Well, it doesn't work that way. Trust that this Word is true. That's where the integrity of God's Word comes in. You better trust and believe that it's true now. And because you believe that it's true now, one day it will rise up big within your heart. And when it does, look out. Mr. Devil, I'm coming through. That's right. Okay, Hebrews 3.1 says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Wherefore, holy brethren, 
partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our what? Profession. It's, mistrans it's mistranslated there. It should be confession. doesn't matter. It means the same thing. To say the same thing is the word. Confession. Christianity is called the great confession. He is the high priest of our what? Of our confession. Go to Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession or our saying the same thing. Mark that in your Bible. Saying the same thing. Let us hold fast our saying the same thing. Now go to Hebrews 10.23 and you get a little bit more insight as to how long you're supposed to hold on to it. Hebrews 10.23. I'll tell you what, if you ever had somebody working with you, with you and you said, Now listen, hold fast onto that board. While I cut it, or whatever you're doing. Hold fast! It means there's a chance it could be let go. It means there's a chance that someone could, that that pressure might just knock it right out of your hand. He says over here, look at it. Let us hold fast the profession. Let us hold fast the confession, or the saying the same thing, of our faith. For what purpose? He says, without wavering. Why? Because He is faithful. God is faithful that promised. Now listen to me. He says, hold fast your confession because God is faithful, but do it without wavering because James says, He that wavereth receives nothing from the Lord. Do you want to receive? If you do, you're going to have to hold fast to your confession or to your saying the same thing. If it's your deliverance, you're going to have to hold fast to it. If it's your walking in love, you're going to have to hold fast to the confession of God's love about you. No matter what it is, you are going to have to hold fast to it diligently without wavering because God is faithful if you'll be faithful to hold fast to it. Now go back to the book of Matthew, the 12th chapter. Let's put these two things together with the parable. The good heart is going to produce fruit when it keeps the Word inside its heart. But we're going to show you now how to get the Word inside your heart so that you can begin to produce fruit, so that you can begin to allow the Word to spring up, to be brought forth or to bring forth from your spirit the forces of righteousness the fruit of the Spirit, which will equip you fully to receive anything you need from God. If you'll put the things of the kingdom first, put the other things next. Now, he said in Matthew 12, look at verse 33. We're still talking about fruit. We're going to talk about confession, about God's Word, your tongue. Either make the tree good and his fruit good. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil... Now, here's the key word, speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your mouth did not have a chance because it was the abundance of your heart that came out. You know when he says, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Your mouth didn't have a chance because it was abundantly in your heart. And the only way you're going to stop that from coming out is when you get the reverse of it. When you get the abundance of good things in your heart, you'll bring forth the good things. And let's, let's go on and see how he said it. A good man out of the good treasure. Underline the word treasure. Circle the word treasure. And write down by it, if you've got room in your Bible, deposits. Deposits. A good man out of the good deposits of his heart, of the heart, bringeth forth. Underline the word, bringeth forth. Hold your place there. Go back to Mark 4. 
And let's see something we underline already. Four twenty-eight. For the earth does what? Now the earth is what? It's your spirit. It's your heart. Look at what it says. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Is that what it says? Mark four twenty-eight. But the earth, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Go back to Matthew. How does it bring forth fruit? Well, a good man. Out of the good deposits of his heart. Now, back there in Mark 4.20, it says, The good heart produces fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. Over here it says, A good man out of the good treasure or the deposits he makes into his heart bringeth forth. What does he bring forth? Good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart or deposits of his heart bringeth forth evil things. What's he talking about? What's he talking about here? The deposits. What's he depositing into his heart? Next verse. But I say unto you that every idle word, every idle word, non-working, ineffective word, that men shall speak. Now, don't go off and say, I said it because Jesus wrote the book. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Don't think just because you hadn't been judged on it yet that it's not coming. If there's anybody that has fear, reverent fear of God, read the book of Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 7. Let your words be few. He goes on to talk about the words that we speak. And he says, Fear thou God. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by your words, your own very words are going to... You know, people that die and go to hell, their very words are going to send them there. They'll, even on the judgment seat of Christ, when they stand before the judgment, the great white throne judgment. I could just see it. I could just see it. Jesus would say one out... Your name's not written in the book of life. Why not? Well, I didn't believe in you. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Remember when that guy told you, you need Jesus Christ, you need to be born again? You laughed and said, I've been born once. That's enough. You'll stand right looking to him face to face when those words come back. And those very words will condemn you to hell. Jesus says, I didn't come in the world to condemn the world. I came to give eternal life. You want it. It's free. I didn't get healed. What did you say when you were on the earth? I'll probably die with this sickness in my body. And you did. Those very words will be the same words that you hear as to the reason why you did not get healed. Well, I couldn't give any more money to the missionaries. I didn't have it to give. Right. That's what you said when you were on the earth. You said, Lord, I can't give. I don't have enough to give. Right. But didn't you ever read where my word says I supply all your need? But you agreed with your lack instead of with my storehouses. Consequently, those words are going to be the words, the very words that you're going to hear. Now, let's, let's tie this in together. In uh, Matthew, let's, you're in 12. Let's go to 15. It's when the good man, out of the good deposits of his heart, deposits the Word into his heart. The first step of the process of getting the kingdom of God to work in your heart will not be to produce fruit. Can you hear me? Listen. I said the first process, the first step in the process of getting the kingdom of God to work in your heart will not be to produce fruit, but it will be to clean out your heart and make your heart good ground for the seed to take root in. That's where this kind of confession comes in. And this kind of confession is not between you and your friends. It's between you and your spirit and with God the Father. Anybody could walk down the street and say, Glory to God, I'm more than a conqueror. What are you saying behind closed doors? Oh, I just can't seem to do it. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a double-minded man. 
Can you see that? So the first step is not going to be to produce the end result, to get your healing, to get to... It's going to be the first step is going to be to get your heart right to a place that it can be receptive of God's blessings. Clean out that heart. And we're going to, we showed you how we're going to get the love of God in there in a minute. Lord willing. Now, in Matthew 15, let's take a look at verse 16. You could teach this and teach this and teach this, but people just want to shy away from it. Well, I'm not going to shy away from it any longer. I'm going to get deep into it. Verse 16, And Jesus said, Are you also yet without what? He first, He has to understand. Then He's got to receive. Listen, friends, you've got to say, Lord, I understand it now. That's how it works. But now, Lord, I'm going to receive it into my spirit, and then I'm going to keep it there because the devil's coming to take it away from you. And I'm going to bring forth the fruit with patience. Okay, let's look. Do you not yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. What are those things that produce come forth out of the heart, out of the mouth? Words. Words. You stop and think about everything that you've ever done. You've said it before you did it. One time or another, those things that defile the man come up out of the heart, out of the mouth. It's what's in the heart in abundance is what's going to come out of your mouth. So if you're not talking about the Word daily, then you don't have the Word in abundance in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? That's not just something that we're just making up, friends. This is something that is spiritual law. If it's in your heart in abundance, it will come out of your mouth. People tell me all the time, why do you always talk about the Word of God? Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. That's all I want in my heart. I didn't say it was wrong to talk about this or wrong to talk about that. I just said I don't want it in my heart. And if I want the Word to work mightily in me, then I'm going to follow the teaching of Jesus. He, you read right on through the Bible, it says, Don't let the Word depart from your mouth everywhere you look. Look at what he said here. All these things proceed out of the heart. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile not a man. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to tell you that it's what's in your heart. Even all those things, those thoughts. You took the thought, you said it. Where do you think the thought came from? You get the thought, you speak it. You said it. You said it. You said it. You probably said this long enough till you got yourself into a, such a stronghold that you, it's hard to get out of. I just can't seem to make the money last until the end of the month. I just can't seem to pay my bills. It doesn't matter how much I make, we always spend so much money, I just cannot seem to make the money last. I just don't understand it. Or you said, no matter how I tried to get healed, I just can't seem to get healed. I just don't understand it. How am I? You don't understand it. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. Jesus said, do you not yet understand? Do you not yet understand? The forces or the issues of life are in your heart. The healing is in your heart. You've got to get it free. You've got to release that What's in your heart? You've got to release it so it could come forth and bring forth the healing, the prosperity, the power, whatever it is, the glory of God, the love of God that's on the inside of you has got to come forth out. Now, let's go to the 18th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Remember, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's abundantly in your heart, you will speak. If you're always talking about the ball game, I didn't say it's wrong to talk about the ball game. If you're always talking about the ball game, if you're always talking about your work, if you're always talking about jokes, if you're always talking about this and that, if you're always talking about what you do, all these things are deceptions from the devil to get you off of talking about the Word of God because it's only as you keep that Word abundantly in your heart will it produce for you. 
The abundance of grace will cause you to reign in this life by Christ Jesus. Proverbs 18 tells you how to do it. I said we're going to get into how to do it. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit, listen, of his, what? A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit, the fruit, a good man, out of the good deposits of his heart, bringeth forth. A, this man here, a man's belly, his spirit, shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, listen, and with the increase of his lips, the increase of his lips, shall he be what? Filled sounds like to me that you've got it in abundance. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's the heart that produces the forces or the issues of life. Let's go on and read the next verse. Death and life. All that pertains to darkness, all that pertains to life, is in the power of our tongue. And they that love it shall what? Eat the fruit. What is the purpose of the tree but to bring forth fruit? And the fruit is for no other purpose but to eat. Now the scripture says a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. I could pinpoint people just like that by listening to what they say. Exactly where they're at. Exactly how they're at in, where they're at in the faith. Whether or not they're going to get their healing. Whether or not they're going to get their needs met. By the fruit of their mouth. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. The words that he speaks. And they that love it. There are many people that love to talk about their sickness and love to talk about their disease. As a matter of fact, it is the main topic of their conversation. Is how sick they are. And if you ever hear them talk, you find out that one says, I'm sicker than you. But the other one says, but you didn't have it as long as I did. And the other one says, well, did you have this? And the other one says, well, I had this one longer than that. And before you know it, they've got themselves in a grave. They love to talk about their sickness and to talk about their disease. And then when you come along and say, now, brother, you can be healed. Well, how dare you? Do you think I'm a sinner? Dear God. You try to get somebody help. I've tried to give people help. They just don't want it. You want to get healed? You want to get set free? You want to get delivered? Then listen. Don't get caught up in the pride about the thing. Listen. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Put a watch over your mouth, and if you're talking about your sickness, then get a bandage and bandage it up. And just close these lips off. You say, what am I going to do then? Just keep it on there and play some tapes on healing and listen to them. And don't let your lips go. And then when your belly gets so filled, you get to the place that your heart is abundantly full of the word of healing, then rip that thing off and say, glory to God, I'm healed. Then put it back on. <laughs> That's just the way it is, I'm telling you right now. Listen, so confession in its first, let's say its inception, okay, is not going to produce the fruit automatically. Are you following me on this? You're not going to get that healing instantly just like that. You can. Sometimes there's mass faith. Sometimes there's a gift of healing. Sometimes there's, you know, a working of miracles that's involved in the healing, whatever it is. And you'll get it instantly. But we're talking about the majority of it, how you can get it all the time. You're not going to get it instantly. You're going to get it by getting the Word, receiving the Word, understanding the Word, putting it in your heart, and then keeping it with the, there with patience and then bringing forth the fruit of healing in your life. So the first step in confession of God's Word is to rid your heart of all the garbage that you've been taught and start filling it up with this. By his stripes, I'm healed. He took my infirmity. But don't go off and tell everybody and their brother because they're going to say, that guy's a maniac. 
That guy doesn't know anything about the Word. That guy, is, he, he, believes, he doesn't believe in God. He, he, he believes in divine healing. He believes in God healing. And, and, and before you know it, you've got 20 people talking about you. Telling you how sick. Wait till they get sick and see what they do. I've had him say it. You just watch and see. Your day's coming, friend. You're going to get sick. And then you've got someone saying, I can't wait till they get sick to show them. That's right. Do you, you ever believe that? I, I couldn't believe this when I found this out. Christians, your fellow Christians will actually say, wait till they get sick and see what they do. Hope their child gets a fever just to see if they use any aspirin. I'll tell you what, that's an abomination that is in the sight of God. It is. It's ridiculous what people do. When I went off to school, I had more people praying that I fall than, than did make it. I did. My whole family said I was crazy. Not my immediate family, but on one side. They said, boy, you are, you flip, he's flip, he's flip, he's gone. In the church I left, they says, he'll never make it. You've got to be called to make it. He'll never make it. Well, how do you know I wasn't called? Why don't you just stay there and love me and just say, glory to God, I'm with him 100%. So don't tell anybody. Your first act of confession, let that be between you and God. You get inside your prayer closet and you confess God's Word daily in your life and you just speak it between you and the Father. And then when you get your heart so filled with the Word of healing, then you walk up and say, Now, dear brother, I'm healed in Jesus' name. And you won't have to be concerned what they think then. Okay, but look at how you get it. You look at how you get your heart full. With the increase of his lips, so shall he be filled. Deposit the word into your heart by confession of God's word daily in your own private individual life. Then you can broadcast it when your heart gets filled. Now you've got to understand that it works by faith. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your... As far as your head goes, it doesn't want to receive any of this. But that's how I am talking to your spirits. Get the earplugs out of your spiritual ears and we'll get, it, get through this. Now, if you're going to understand how this works and how to make the tree... Well, let's, let's look at something first. I'm going to give you something. We're talking about the parable of the sower of the seed, how to, how to bring forth good things out of your spirit. Go back to the first psalm. You think this is only in one area. I'll tell you what, I found this out that if I don't start meditating on this subject, we be, we'll be here for the next three years. I mean that. I mean that sincerely because this. I found out that everything in the whole kingdom of God operates this way. And we're just going to just start here and just build the whole entire kingdom up inside our spirits like a mighty fortress. If I've got to take one virtue at a time, love, until we're saturated in love, and then joy until we're leaping up when people persecute us, then that's what we'll do. Amen? Look it over here in Psalm 1. Do you think I'm kidding you? Now, the Bible says that uh, the good man bringeth forth good fruit out of his heart. Okay, by the words of his mouth, he gets it in there. And then once it registers and becomes faith, once it registers and becomes life, once it registers and becomes light inside your spirit, then you start bringing forth. By his stripes I'm healed, bless God. Then you bring forth. But the trouble with people that just get into the faith walk, they go off and confess their faith aimlessly, Throughout all pe people, their families' lives, everybody's lives. And before you know it, they've got everybody downgrading them, talking them down. And before you know it, they walk away from it themselves. But remember this first step. Confession of God's Word is first to produce life, light, and love inside your spirit. And when it becomes light in your spirit, then go broadcast it. And glory be to God, God will be there every step of the way. Now, this in this psalm... First Psalm, he's talking about the same thing about the parable. Look it. Blessed is the man that, the, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. The man plants the seed. Okay? Listen. His delight is in the Word of God, and in the Word does he meditate day and night. Look what Joshua was told, if you meditate in the Word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your, but thou shalt meditate therein. 
Okay? Look what the parable said. Mark 4, 26. So is the operation of the kingdom of God as if a man should plant seed into the ground and should go to bed day and night, rise and go to bed and rise up day and night. This man's delight is in the law of the Lord and in the Word does he meditate day and night. Can you see that comes before the fruit? Okay. This guy that meditates day and night, how do I meditate? I murmur, I utter, I mutter the Word of God. I speak the Word of God. Yes, I walk in love, I endure long, I patient, kind of memories, and so on and so forth. I speak whatever the word I, I want in my heart. Healing. Yes, by stripes I am healed. He, he's all my sick, he forgives all my sins and iniquities. He heals all my diseases. By His stripes I am healed. And I say it and I say it and I say it. How often do you say it? I meditate therein day and night. 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 This man meditates in this word day and night. Okay? What shall he be like? He shall be like what? A tree. Either make the tree good and its fruit good. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that... What? Bringeth forth. For the earth bringeth forth of herself. Matthew said, A good man out of good deposit of his heart bringeth forth. This man shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth. Notice the process before the bringing forth. Bringeth forth his fruit. Now listen to this. In when? See, you want to get it just in your newborn Christian. I'm not talking you can't get something. I'm talking about you've got your season. I heard Brother Cap say, I got into this thing, dear God. He said, and I confessed the Word of God and meditated three years before I began to bring forth this kind of fruit. Now, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it works, friends, but it's going to take diligence. It's going to take dedication. And above all things, you're going to have to believe it works before you actually see it happen. You've got to believe it right now. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. You may, like I said, you'll get some things and so on and so forth, and you'll begin to grow in it. You'll begin 30-fold. You'll begin, get to 60-fold. And then one day, glory be to God, you'll rise up like that tall oak tree, and it'll produce a hundredfold. But he brings forth his fruit in his season. Any seed that's planted does not produce fruit until it's time, and it's his season to produce that fruit. But blessed be God, one day you're going to... See, all this is preparation. Can you see that? Confession of God's Word. We, we, we went off and said like this, Well, you know, I confess it, but I didn't get healed. I don't understand. There it is. I don't understand. See, you're not understanding the whole process. I've heard a lot of people say, Well, I've tried that like they teach. Well, I just went home and said, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Said it for five minutes and said nothing happened, so I just figured it don't work. That's right. Neither did they understand it, certainly they didn't receive it, and most definitely they did not keep it with patience. Very impatient, as a matter of fact. Why? Because they did not know they had to meditate, they had to plant the seed, they had to water the seed, they had to nurture the seed, they had to keep it in their heart with patience, and then they had to let it, God give the increase. God gives the increase. He shall bring forth His fruit in His season. His leaves shall not wither. And listen to this one. And whatever he does is going to prosper. But see, some want to say like this. This man's delight is in gun smoke. And he meditates on the TV day and night. And yes, he shall be like a prune <laughs> that bringeth forth nothing. <laughs> I'm serious. It doesn't say that in the Word. And his leaf shall wither. And whatsoever he doeth won't prosper. He'll have nothing to remember. But it says if you are willing to give up some of your valuable time, if you are willing to know that this works and get every, everything that's in your way out of your way except your job, 
Your job, you've got to work your job. And then you put all other outside activities aside, and you know this thing works. I guarantee you by God's Word, if you'll just take the time to do what this is saying to do, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and you will go back to any of the other affairs of this life. You'll be concerned of the things of above. You'll seek diligently the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and those other things that those people are working hard for will be added unto you. See, that's how it works. What happens? People don't believe it. They don't understand it. They don't receive it. So they cannot bring forth. So they go throughout this entire life as a yo-yo Christian. Up and down. Up. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. And there's just not enough diligence. There's not enough study. There's not enough preparation of God's Word. And then they go off and say, well, now, why did so-and-so die and didn't get healed? Because so-and-so was supposed to produce her own fruit in her own season. That's why. God's not going to baby you forever. You ever see little kids just stay in diapers for 30 years? That's a sad situation, isn't it? The parents are not going to take care of the kid forever. Matter of fact, one day, some of you may have done this already. Said, now listen, son. You're old enough. Get out there and make your own living. I'm not going to do it for you anymore. Isn't that right? You're not going to just lean on spiritual gifts and stuff like that and expect to get all your miracles. Because one day God's going to say, I'm going to strive with man forever. Whatsoever a man soweth, the same shall he also reap. Does the scripture say that? Well, you just sowed it, death, and you, re you, you reap death. Most cases why Christians die is because they sowed death and they reaped death. They sowed calamity... And they reaped calamity. It never fails. Every time I take the car out on the icy roads, I always seem to get in a mess. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. That's how it works. And if you don't understand it, just sit tight. You're going to have to get a hold of this to understand how this operation works. Now, let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs. I'm going to begin my message here in a minute. Let's say that you understand this, and let's say that you're doing, you are doing everything in your power to make sure what you're speaking is scriptural. Notice I didn't say positive. I didn't say positive for a reason. What you're saying is scriptural. I can't pay my bills is not scriptural. What scriptural is, my God supplieth all my need, and I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's scriptural. You say, yes, but my circumstance says, well, your circumstance can change. The word can't change. Is that true? So you line up your heart and your mouth with what God said, and your circumstance, which is subject to change, will change. But if you line up your mouth and your heart hard in your mouth with your circumstance, then your circumstance won't change either. It'll get worse and worse. I've had more people say, the hardest thing for me as a Christian is to find out what God's will is. Well, keep saying that. Keep saying that. And you'll never know His will. I've learned to do this. I know God's will in my life. I'm led by His Spirit because I'm a son of God. And some will say, well, what are you going to do next? I know every move I'm going to make. Just don't ask me <laughs> what it is right now. But when I make that step, God meets. The light is right there for me. You say, how do you know that? I keep saying that. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you have them. I desire to know your will, Lord. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. I have it. I desire to walk in your love, Lord. I walk in your love. Thank you, dear Father God. The love of God shed about my heart. I walk in love. That's not positive confession. That's God's Word. I'm just speaking God's Word. There's a difference between positive confession and speaking the Word of God in your circumstance because your circumstance can change, but the Word can't. Proverbs 4 says, look at verse 23. See, this is all tying it in together. The last step was to keep the Word with patience in your heart. The word keep means to protect it. Okay? How do I protect the Word or the seed that's grown in my heart? 
Well, I'm glad you asked that because over here in Proverbs 4.23, gives you the answer. Keep thy heart with all. You better underline that or circle it or do something because it's diligently. It does not mean once a week. Diligence means earnest, steadfast, diligently. You've got to keep your heart. Protect your heart diligently. And he goes and tells you how to do it. For out of it are the issues of life. Verse 24. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. In other words, put away from you forwardness of speech and perverseness of lips. Put them far from you. That's how you protect your heart. Your heart picks up what you say, either life or death, blessing or cursing. And the forces come out of your heart. Joy comes out of your heart. It doesn't come out of your feelings. Gladness is not joy. Joy is a spiritual force that comes out of your heart. As a matter of fact, when you are down in the dumps and you are all gloomy and everything looks sad, and lo and behold, somebody was listening to the Holy Spirit and called you on the phone and said, Glory be to God, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you said, hey, Amen, brother. What happened? That person ignited the power, the force of joy that was inside your spirit all the time. If you would have just said, I don't go by what I feel. I don't go by what I see. It could, the, cl the clouds around me could be as dark as could be. But I'm just going to say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to rejoice in this day. And so on and so forth. And then that spiritual force of joy will rise up on the inside. Why do you think you say, well, when I went, before I went to church, boy, I was down in the dumps. But blessed be God. When we started to magnify the Lord and hear the Word of God and speak faith, I had some on the inside of me just begin to rise up. What was it? The force of joy. It was there all the time. Paul said, stir up the gift, Timothy, that's on the inside of you. Stir it up. That's all. That's an act of faith. You stir up that gift. Put away from thee forward, forward mouth, perverses of lips put far from thee. Let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let's put it all in there. And let thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor the left. Remove thy foot from evil. But notice that the best way to do that is by getting your heart and mouth lined up together. Speaking God's Word. Not positive confession, but speaking God's Word. Now, I said all that to get back to what we were supposed to continue on today. Which is love. Because that we were talking about Wednesday night, we talked about that the first thing you're going to have to do to get inside your heart to cause the Word of God to have a place to take deep root within your heart is to get your heart filled with love. It has no depth or has no root in itself. Be rooted and grounded in the love of God. That's our first step. You could write this down if you're taking notes. There's three aspects of love that you need to be familiar with if you're going to have your heart fixed in love so the force of love could be coming out of your heart at all times. Number one. We talked about it Wednesday. God's love towards you. If you don't understand how far-reaching God's love is towards you, then your heart is not in the right place to receive. Because you receive according to God's love, God's goodness and love for you. Matter of fact, if you want to write a fantastic scripture by that, just put John 3.16 and Romans 8.32. You can say it no better than that. God loves you so much that He gave His Son. That means he will not withhold anything from else from you. You've got to know that. Number two. You ready for this one? Your love towards God. Your love towards God. Not what you say about it, but what you do. Your love towards God. Jesus said, yeah, your lips honor me, but your heart. Oh, how many people fall in that category? Yeah, their lips honor me, but their heart is far from me. When we say, Lord, I love you, you should have a lifestyle behind you that says, Lord, I love you, from your heart. 
all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. He should be the center of your attention. I mean that sincerely. Because He gave you His love in your heart to love Him with. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? Okay. Jesus says, He that loved me keeps my word. And if you don't got the word abundantly in your heart, now don't go throwing stones at me. Jesus said, if you don't keep His word, you don't love Him. Did you hear that one? I said, Jesus said, if you don't keep His word and do His sayings, you don't love Him. And this saying didn't come from me, Jesus said, but it came from the Father that sent me. Read it in John 14, 21 to 23. You can read it there for yourself if you want. But Jesus said, if you're not a doer of my word, then you don't love me. Oh, I don't want to be caught not loving him. Do you? Okay, God's love towards you and your love towards God. Now the last one. Your love towards your brother. The commandment of love towards your brother. Love one another as I have loved you. That is not a some statement that Jesus is asking you to do. That is a commandment that Jesus gave. It is the commandment of the new covenant of love. He said, this is the new commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. That would be an unfair statement if I could not have the love of God in me and if I did not understand the love of God. So listen to me. We're going to pick this up next Sunday. Listen to me. You have got to know what the love of God is. You have got to know what the Word says about love. You have got to understand it. You have got to receive it. You've got to keep it in your heart to bring forth fruit of love. And if you don't do it, I put this number one on your list. If you're not doing it, then I'll tell you what. Jesus said you're not loving Him. You can't love your brother. You can't keep the commandment of the new covenant. And if you can't do that, no wonder people not getting from God. That's the commandment. We're going to take apart the love chapter. We're going to see what it is. And then we are going to begin to speak, that's who I am. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of something that, that, that helped me. You know over there where it says that love endures long and is patient and kind? Okay, that doesn't come from us to God. That comes from God to us. God's, that's God's love, isn't it? That means God loves you and He endures long towards you and He's patient and He's kind towards you. He takes no account of the evil you do. He pays no attention to the wrong. He believes the best about you. That'll get you right out of condemnation. God the Father believes the best about who? About me. About you. Those people that say that God makes you sick for a reason, you know what they're saying? Making a person sick is working ill towards your neighbor. God worketh no ill towards his neighbor, because love doesn't. God is absolute love. Right? God doesn't do that. He endures long with you. He's patient and kind with you. You go right on through that entire thing of love. That's God's love. That is God's love. Now, we're going to take that apart. We're going to put that love within inside our heart by speaking it forth. We're going to produce it inside our spirit, man, that we may bring it forth. And as we do, as we establish these three points, God's love towards us, our love towards God, and our love towards one another. And notice that Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God and walk in love. Then we're going to see that we can manifest that love because the love is shed abroad in our heart. And as we begin to put that love first place, you are going to have a heart that is ready to get the Word to take root. You can be rooted and grounded in that love. Step number one. You mind if we take it that slow? I'm taking it slow. Rooted and... It's no sense in me giving you all of what it means and not telling you how to do it. Is there? So rooted and grounded in love... 
if your heart is prepared. As your heart gets prepared, the Word will be, have a place to be rooted and grounded in, in the heart of love. And then, when we get on joy, you better look out. When we get on the fruit of joy, we're going to see how you can leap and rejoice and leap for joy. You know Jesus said leap for joy? Did you know that? He said leap for joy. He said leap for joy. We're going to take them one at a time. Go through them all. We're going to fill up our spirit, man. We're going to speak the word only. We're going to speak of God's love. We're going to speak of joy. We're going to speak of patience. We're going to speak of all the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to see how to manifest all the fruit of the Spirit from within our hearts. Then your heart will be thoroughly prepared to get your healing, to get your deliverance, to get your needs met, to get everything else that you need in your life. Amen? You will be a tree planted by the rivers of water and you will bring forth your fruit, His fruit in His season. Whatsoever you do shall prosper. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.